Kiora and welcome to the Machinist Therapy Hotline. We are finally back. It's uh, it's been a busy time for everybody involved, but um, we'll 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 come to that in a minute. So before we get cracking, I better introduce and just see who's here. Tony Klauser. I am here. Hank's on his way. <laughs> We've missed Hank. We haven't seen much of Hank. He's been a busy stone bitch. <laughs> Shane Paul. Yo yo. Hey. And me, Jody Tuckwell, here to start the podcast. So without further ado, let's get on with the podcast. Hey, gents. You good? Yeah, uh-huh. how you doing, man? Cool, cool. Well, it's been been freaking busy, if I'm completely honest. And I think that all of us are in the same boat. We've just been balls to the wall. Oh, yeah. Non-stopping. I see, uh, Tony, you, you're basically the stud pimp now. and You've been studding out. Oh, you know, you need a stud to handle the studs. And so here I am. I was going to say, it takes one to know one, right? <laughs> exactly they're not my type of steel they're fucking some sorry ass 1018 but hey we'll deal with it right okay and so how many of you actually got a mate it looks like it's a massive order i there's no end to this this is the new flare-up this is a this is a brand new this is another okay so you guys have all followed me and watched me make fifteen thousand of different styles of cable rail fittings right Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Thank God. I thought you guys left for a minute. Thank God you're still there. <laughs> so yeah, that's quarter twenty. Quarter twenty threads. I'm thread rolling. The part takes thirty six seconds. This thing is a massive fucking piece of fucking ten eighteen. It's seventeen and about an eighth inch long. I finished it at seventeen inches long. It's two inch diameter. I'm drilling an inch one point one eighteen hole, ten inches deep in one end. And turning the other end around and threading it, uh, inch and three quarter, eight, about seven inches. And so it's definitely a lot lighter when it goes back to where it came from. But uh, yeah, these things end up being used in the Department of Transportation on the freeways where everybody crashes and burns and, and cables are supposed to snap at a certain tensile strength. And they've all been tested and tested over many, many times. So they will catch you and not repel you back into oncoming traffic on the other side of the freeway. And so it's down to a science. And uh, how I got handed this was the machine that they've been doing this on for 25 years took a shit. It's an old Morisiki SL4. It's been around. Just the system they have down there is dialed, but they lost the board. They lost the drive, blah, blah, blah. And my um, guy, my contact down there knows that I have some old Akumas, some old beefy Akumas that have the horsepower, have the high and the low gear with 30 horsepower motor on it. And that's what it takes. But the sketchy thing is that the parts hang this out so long and the drill is fucking 12 inches long that you get to a point where you need travel. Like, well, wouldn't it be an issue over on, on Jody's island because you, you got all that travel? But here I'm kind of cramped for space. It would have been nice to load it in one machine and do it all in one shot. But it just wasn't the case. I couldn't do it in my MY. It wasn't enough room. But I am drilling it on the old LR15. And then that beast is uh, just... Just it just cruises through that, you know. The hangster first coolant in there, the water soluble just it just mows through it. 
And so I pull it out and I take it over to the MY and load it. And then I'm turning them threads and milling them flats and, and dropping it on a cart. Yeah. So I'm not sure since the president's changed and all, all this, all this crazy shit's happening. I'm not going to go there, but I'll tell you what, man, there's some strange shit happening with orders on things. And so it seems like we're going to replace every single freeway piece in the world. So these orders are up huge. So even if their machine didn't go down, they were going to need a second supplier. And so I got my feet wet and, and now we're cruising and, and there's another 700 blanks on the way. So I don't know, man. I We're, we're running around shorthanded and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good problem to have. So I'm just trying to. Like I was talking to Boomer earlier, I said, I am not tooled up for for steel. And I've always laughed that, well, I haven't laughed, but I've been probably sarcastic on all the new shit Sam it comes out with. Look at this, look at that, blah, 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 for steel. Yeah, I'm we've all, talked yeah, about a, that on here before. It's kind yeah. of weird because out here, like, no, nobody cuts steel. I know, and here I am. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm using my fucking stainless steel shit and it's not working. I mean, obviously, I need to have a higher shear factor or a chip breaker or some shit like that. So I'm going to have to reach out. What's the Sandvik grade? Is, is it 4335 with a PM chip breaker? Isn't that what it is? Well, why are you asking me? Well, <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just saying I think I think that's what it is. I think that's what you need to use. Well, that'd be great because I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> But you've got, and that's I mean, what I need. got some you know good contacts in Sandvik. Hey, a to help couple you. other things I don't have is a Sandvik catalog or a fucking Sandvik guy. So, yeah. Or and a calendar. I was going to ask you, year. what was that hole size again that you're drilling? It's an inch and in, I want to say, oh, God, I've looked at so many numbers today. I want to say it's 1.118. So that's something. One that inch, 30 three seconds. millimeters seems like a, a weird size to me. <laughs> Well, they're going to shove a one-inch cable in there. So I think it's like 7.30 seconds or 17.30 seconds oh, or some okay. shit like that. They're going to shove a one-inch cable in there and swedge it. three mil. Uh-huh. Yeah, but there's other 118s. I know. I'm just... I'm just <laughs> Man, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, they're going to shove a one-inch cable if, in there if, and smash if, the shit if out of it. If it were any... If it were, if you ever got that print from anybody, it would definitely be California DOT. Where it would say one inch three millimeter for the whole diameter. <laughs> no, this is from California DOT and it's not in metric. It's old school. I'm trying to make a fucking joke, Tony. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, sorry, Shane. That bus has passed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it be. Oh, oh damn it, you boomer, you're all you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that's new to me. I'm gonna have to get in touch with somebody who knows how to fucking cut ten eighteen and get her done because uh definitely a chip breaker is going to be needed on that uh threader mm-hmm. yeah obviously um the most populous popular material to cut globally must be steel then if that's the case you know well it depends on where you are it's like what shane yeah, said. No, yeah not, not here i mean what part of the globe are you on i mean you're part of the globe but how much stuff like in 1018 steel are you cutting well none obviously because i got a bronze foundry well there you go <laughs> Maybe yeah, the jaws the is a little biased. Yeah, true. <laughs> the jaws. No, he buys them super expensive swanky jaws. He doesn't even have to cut. He he has those cool shunk ones that have the little biters in them and everything. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Where I said you have those uh, some of those shunk like roughing jaws that you use. Yeah, those are fucking cool. Oh, uh, the claw jaws. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. They are honestly once you once you, for, if you're running cast material, rough cast material like I am pretty much every single day, claw jaws are the only way you want to be holding and gripping onto that material because you know if you've got delamination on on part of the material, you know it could be that if you're running um, even just hard jaws, if that starts to come off, then the whole the whole bit of material is coming out. But with claw jaws, that they are biting, man. They're pretty good. Yeah. So we're actually looking at um, this uh, valve that we make. It's one of our bigger valves. Um, it's kind of going into production this year. And it starts out, I believe it's 11-inch diameter titanium that, that's uh, 20 inches long. And then we blast like a four inch hole through it. Well, we don't actually, we don't. So what we've been doing is we've been getting them like tree panned out. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. By the foundry. Yeah. And then they send us the cores and the material and everything because our, our biggest lathe is just a 10 inch chuck. Um, but once you take that much material out of the inside, it's not terribly heavy and we've never had a problem making them before. But the issue is, is now, they need to UT scan and CT scan the material. Well, they can't do that with the core out of it. And so then it becomes an issue of, you know, shipping it from the foundry to testing and then back to get cored out and then shipping it to us is just like, that's going to kind of kill the whole deal here. So we're actually looking at getting uh, just like a two axis lathe uh, with probably about a 15 inch chuck. Um, what, what, so like, what are you looking at? Uh, I don't know. We're, we're just kind of, we just started talking about it this week. So we'll probably just pick up something used. Um, mm-hmm. And then just, I mean, all it's going to do is just straight turn roughing. And then and then we'll load it into the, the bigger Integrex and go from there. Because it just seems like a, you know, a waste of, a, you know, your most expensive machine to just sit there and rough this thing out for half a day. Yeah. Yeah, totally. When, when you can do it and, you know, probably a, you know, we could probably get like a, an older like Puma or something for like 30 grand. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's, pay cat. that's, uh, that's pretty much what we got the, the two Pumas for at mm-hmm. our place is to, is to just proof and rough all that shit out. So you're not putting them through like the, the best machines, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's just, it's just extra wear and tear on your good machine too, you know? Mm. I mean, they're, they're made to do that, but I mean, why have it spend, you know, six hours on something that a, a much less expensive machine can do? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see that? You might've seen on my story, did you see that slug that I put in the Doosan the other day? Yeah. That was, internal, like that driver thing you were using was pretty cool. Yeah, so they're from a company called Sassatelli, and uh, the it's just you know it's a it's just a bigger version of a tube driver, and it has the um, like carbide inserts that go all the way around inside the the driver, and you can then rotate them, and you know if it starts to wear, you take them out and replace them. So it's but man, that that thing bites, and um, yeah, that was it was a 700 kilo slug that we put into the machine, which is like. Yeah. 1500 pounds or something in in your money yeah, a, I'm, I'm, I'm not i'm not being funny but i you know it, putting it in i was shitting my pants a wee bit to be honest with you i was like holy fuck I hope this is going to work <laughs> if that comes out that whole forget the window the whole door's coming off 
<laughs> yeah, you're getting into like VTL territory. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, everyone and everyone sort of, you know, everyone sort of said that. But the the point with that one was that you know I can skim the entire OD all in one go and not worry about it. You know, like yeah. as opposed to having to put it in, turn half of it, turn it around. That just went in and and off she went. And um, yeah, those two machines are pretty much going to be. Uh, one machine will be do like skimming all the ODs, and the other machine will predominantly be just boring out all of the IDs, coring them out. And then I saw your post. Are you using the holders that use like the fifth edge? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, because we, we've got honestly, like we have so many CNMGs that have still got all those opposing edges ready to go. Yeah. And so it's they're like. I'm not saying and if you're turning inserts, all the way but... over something, it's not like you're trying to go to a wall or something. No, no, exactly. You yeah. know, you know, we're not we're not turning up to a flange or, or anything. It's just straight skimming. And man, that's a rigid insert when you turn it that way. Like it is, you know, because it's it sits on a oh, 15 degree um, angle. So it's, yeah. it's pretty light, much lighter cutting, much easier to go through the hard skin. Yeah. Oh, I've actually been pretty quite impressed with those that lay so really, far. It really does. It does put like a lot of load on the spindle, but it doesn't look like that lathe's going to have a problem with it. No, that was uh, it was running at thirty percent spindle load. So oh, that's that was, not bad at all. Yeah, and that was on a that was a ten mil depth of cut. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Plenty of grunt. Yeah. 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 I'd, I'll say. Um. Yeah. So so not just that we've we've also had uh, you would have seen the amount of machinery that we've been that's been coming to Fraser's recently and that yeah I was gonna ask if you were do you guys just have like room for this stuff or are you moving out old stuff or rearranging or uh rearranging we've got just about enough room for the machinery that I've got right now but if we want any more over and above that then it's essentially we've got to build a new workshop and that that'll probably that will probably happen to be fair uh with the amount of uh work that we've got right now and yeah we're likely to extend the building and yeah you guys have room for that yeah yeah we're quite fortunate in that sense yeah yeah right on yeah yeah i just don't know because i mean you you anytime you know someone's on an island you always think space is like really really at a premium so only if you live in japan i think (laughs) There's, there's not many people here, you know, like, yeah. you know, the, Fair the, the whole, so the, I mean, the, the whole country is about the same size as the UK, and yet we've only got 5 million people that live here, and there's something like 70 million that live in the UK, so just to put yeah. that into perspective. What was, the la- what was the latest flare-up you guys had over there I saw on, the, on my TV when I was drinking coffee in the morning, and it said New Zealand's been doing so darn good and then all of a sudden the prime minister came on and apparently she said we're gonna shut this shit down again what happened there jody uh well there was uh there was you know because we base everything on community outbreaks so um uh, i think we discussed a little bit on the previous podcast that we have we have managed isolation units so if anyone comes into the country they get immediately put into a hotel and they have to stay there for two weeks and they get tested at the beginning and then tested like like a day before the end of the two weeks. And if they test positive, then they stay in that isolation again for like another two weeks. 
So we call that managed isolation. And what that means is, is that we don't have people suddenly getting the COVID outside of what, you know, where people know that there will potentially be some. And, and that was then what the problem was, is that somebody got tested outside of one of these facilities and it was shown that they were positive, but there was an interaction point between that person and, um, and you know, there was a, there was a link there somewhere. Um, but you know, there was only, there was three people that they'd found. And then, so the prime minister locked only one part of the country down for ah. what they call a level three. So the rest of us could still go about our daily business. And, um, and it was only for three days while they tried to track where all of this stuff was happening. And, uh, and then ever since that, like, so that, that came off on Thursday um, because they had no more community transfers. So uh, I see. Yeah, I think the, so, the world is waiting for us to trip up, I think. And uh, <laughs> no, I think everyone's reason, jealous, honestly. Yeah, for some reason, that seemed like a big topic on the news. It's like, you know, there was this, that and the other. And, oh, by the way, New Zealand has three new cases of fucking corona. What the fuck are we even worried about that about? <laughs> We're talking talk about how many people died in California last night. That's yeah. a lot bigger number than what we're worried about in New Zealand, but yeah. it seemed like a big deal because they were definitely blowing it up. But on that note, did you ever find anybody come over and let your robot out of the box? Nope, not yet. Fuck. <laughs> well, actually, there's there's a there's a different story to that because we've been commissioning, you know, back onto new machines the the DMG Mori NTX three thousand, which you know arrived last year. You know, that was that was a big deal for us and. You know, that, that sort of technology is, I don't know, you see, I mean, Shane, you, you're, you know, you've been running those types of machines for a, a fucking pretty long time. And uh, for us to suddenly get a machine like that was, you know, it was a big ordeal because, you know, it's a, an ex- expensive machine and um, and it really is, you know, we want to get it right because, well, one, it's a very expensive machine. <laughs> so, yeah. What, and well, I mean everything that goes along with it is expensive too. Oh, like your, your is it C six or C eight? Six. Yeah. So a basic like the most basic C six holder that you can get. Let's say it's just like a like a Weldon uh, shank holder, just like a you know a side lock end mill holder. That's like just the most uses, basic one is like five hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Like yes. an e an er call it chuck is like almost six hundred bucks. Right. If you're, you know, if you're buying nice stuff, I mean, I don't know what they have on like Alibaba or whatever, but, um, you know, if you're buying name brand shit, like it's, it's expensive stuff, man. It is. And you know, how big of a tool mag does that thing have? Uh, it's got a hundred and, oh, 117 tools. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, if you really tool it up, you're looking at like 60, 70 grand. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we, yeah, we but, I mean, I was going to say that that sounds expensive, but also if you have a machine that's running live tools at four to five grand a piece, that should add up pretty fast also. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. You know, I think that the benefits of having an ATC on the side of your machine are just the instantaneous benefits, you know, like I know the tooling's, you know, quite a bit, but just switching from one job to the other, like... Everything's oh, uh, already set up. You just you just yeah. change the jaws and almost press go. I mean, it's, yeah. Sometimes it's, it's, it's pretty seamless. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 I 
I've heard that too. And then people have tried to sell me on some of that stuff before, but the stuff that I'm doing in my shop is got to be so quick and it's so repetitive that those machines would never make it fast enough to compete. And, and, that's, and that's, that's the only downfall. That's kind of like the dirty little secret of them, right? Is like every time it has to go make a tool change, it's not, you know, pulling back two inches and indexing a turret and then it's right back in the cut. Like, right. You know, especially I the how big Jody's is and then like our bigger Integrex, you know, it's got to go like 18, 19 inches to just to make a tool change and then come back out and then come back down. And um, so that's yeah, for for what you're a lot of the stuff you run, I don't, I don't think it would be all that great. I mean, if you were doing, you know, 30, 40 parts. Yeah. And, you know, you had a, a lot more of a of a mix then yeah, because I mean, one, it's like a mill also, like you can set all your tools offline mm-hmm. and then you just go cram them in the right pocket and away you yeah. go. Um, That's why it kind of gets me a little excited was that, like you said, if you had a big enough magazine to leave all that shit in and I could just change part numbers, that'd be fucking awesome. But oh, yeah. unfortunately I'm competing with Chinese prices and cycle time is huge. And this yeah, it's like a double edged knife. And I mean, I would love just to be able to, Hey, go make fifty of these, and I'll come back tomorrow. And but uh, yeah, I mean, there's it just gets finicky. There's a place for every machine tool, and uh, those are definitely uh, badass. And 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 that's why if I ever thought, you know, if I ever hit the lotto and I was able to buy a new machine and be able to kind of tool it up like that and have all my oddball different size custom ball end mills in there to port these valve bodies, I would buy another akuma but it would definitely be a three turret it'd be a two uppers and one lower and then the yep. third turret in the corner i would just put all that extra shit so when i changed the part numbers it would have the oddball end mills in there to come port this stuff but uh once again that gets way expensive gets yeah. well that was the huge. that that was one of the things hey so when you know suddenly having this this twin spindle machine turn up and i just you know in in like in the back of your head i'm going oh you know how efficient it is with the lt 300s and mm-hmm. but of course it's only got a single turret really you know so the benefits of the sub spindle are really only for you to actually get a part out sort of complete right as opposed to have uh, you know a raw material and a part complete like at the same time you know like that's the it's always been the great thing about the lts you got one side doing one part of it and you got the other side doing like like finishing yeah. and um you know and with our with the other lt 300s uh we have the overhead gantry loader and unloader which makes it right. even better you know it's, it's literally just removing parts and stacking them up in a carousel it's, it's amazing yeah, I get people that send me, and there's, I mean, there's a fine line, but people that send me, you know, hey, you want to do this on your screw machine? And I look at it, and the first thing I look at is how long it is. And if it's not that long, I ain't going to fucking do it on a screw machine. I'm going to do it on that LT200 because I got, you know, these turrets can work on both spindles at the same time with a parts catcher yeah. and a parts loader, and it's a lot faster. And for me, it's a lot easier to program. And it's like, you know, they are so capable of doing shit so fast. The only time that I really want to plug it into a screw machine is if I'm turning a diameter a certain distance and I can't, I have to, once you turn it, you have to leave it hung out and do whatever else you want to, to it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's certain instances for everything. And, you know, 
but I guess I'm just old school, and that's why I always go to, can I do it on one of my Akumas first before I have to drag it over to the second star? Because that's my weakness is going over there and figuring out how to do it. But mm. they definitely have their niche, and they definitely, you know, can outperform and, and make things a lot faster than certain things. But uh, I guess it all just depends on, on, on what you're doing. And uh, I'll leave it at that because I had nothing else to say. <laughs> you're, um, but when your when your star is cranking, it's just it's just basically smashing parts out, isn't it? Oh, it is. And you know, and, and it's one thing that I do enjoy uh, the you know documenting tool life and how long things last and putting notes by it and setting timers and counters and saying, you know, looking at it. I love pulling this stuff. You know, I never even got the chance to comment on the, the microscope part that we posted up on machine therapy hotline but i live in i live by that thing fucking daily and that's where i will pull and insert out this main you know 1500 parts take it over look at it and say well it did what i asked it to do and it's not even really super close to failing but the price of this fucking insert with two edges on it it's made more than enough money and i'd rather you know, I'm not at the point where I have all the fire system and shit put in my machines like Danny and those guys do. I just would rather document my tool life and put a fresh one in and, and be able to go home and sleep at night and not worry about it catching on fire. And <laughs> and, and that stuff comes important. You know, it's there's different ways to do a lot of stuff. Just is that so is that actually a common problem in the Swiss machines that they'll they'll catch on fire? Yeah, if you have a major malfunction and you're using oil, it gets to a certain yeah. temperature and then it drops in there. I had one guy, a disgruntled employee, set one of my machines on fire. He just what? Was, he was running some 316L and uh, the rough turn. That's the part that I make that looks like a Hershey Kiss. We actually call them Hershey Kisses, and so it roughs a lot of material out. But I mean, we've got it documented. We cut the bars 36 inches long, and it makes 51 parts. And after that bar drops, and you just stop and you put a new insert, and then you're good for another 51 parts. Well, this guy was pissed off, and he was kind of just an ass in general. But anyway, he kept on running it, and then. It was making chips that were coming off white, and it landed in the fucking chip conveyor, and it fucking went instant. Poof. And thank God Katie was there, because then all of a sudden, they saw the flames come up through the window. And they're running around going, oh, shit, oh, shit, what do we do, what do we do? And so she runs over and grabs a fucking fire extinguisher, and then they open the door and they blast it. But, yeah, it got so hot. That's the only machine I have with a broken window. It got so hot, it fucking cracked that window. And I was afraid that the rest of the fucking wiring and shit was all going to be melted. No, there were some tool holders that were black with baked on fucking hangstifers on there. But we were able to scrub it up, and I ran some, some more parts through it to check them out thoroughly and make sure that the machine still functioned. But, yeah, it was fucking scary. It, it really can. You can't set that shit on fire at a certain flashpoint. And that's why a lot of the screen machine guys do that as a safety precaution but i don't know i mean i guess i could say for instance i mean if for some reason the part got jammed in your parts ejector and then you came over to grab the next one and chop it off and, and all of a sudden you've got two things with you know pieces of stainless and they're rubbing on each other at a certain rpm yeah you could probably start a fire without yeah. a major malfunction and so that's what those things do is they sense that and then they just stop and put it out yeah, so yeah. we have a, a fire trace system on Did our you? citizen. I wondered that. Cool. Yeah, and it's like there's kind of this uh like uh just like plastic or rubber tube that they run around like the the top perimeter of the inside of the machine, 
and that tubing melts like instantly at like 200 degrees. Mm. And then the, um, the bottle that's on the side of it, it's all, it's like all gas. Cause he said, he goes, yeah, if you have, if this thing goes off, he goes, you'll come in in the morning and your machine will be e-stopped and you'll be like looking in it. And he goes, you won't even be able to tell it went off and you'll just be like, you know, why is my machine e-stopped? And then you'll, you know, if you look at the gauge, you'll see that the, that the bottle fired. I wonder how much testing, I wonder how much testing they do on that though. You know, like you, you I mean, somebody's I don't saying know, somebody, that and it some, actually happened in two is, different things. I think Danny has had one go off. Yeah. And then there was another, oh, I can't remember who it was. I think they sent the video to machinist therapy hotline, uh, Instagram, but there was, they, they sent a video and it was like a security camera footage. And I mean, you saw the, you saw all the flames go shooting out of this thing. It, it like took off in an instant. I don't know if they had a lot of, a lot of oil mist in there or something. But I mean, it really took off, and then it was out like instantly. Wow! It it was pretty cool. Well, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that you said that you can look in there and not really figure out what happened versus like somebody shooting a fire extinguisher in there with white chalky dust and shit all over, fucking up your routine. Yeah, because I cool. I asked him about like clean out and everything. I was like, oh, you just gotta like you know scrub it out and change out the oil. And he's like, oh no, you won't even be able to tell that it went off. That's really cool. Yeah, that is. <laughs> but then so does that like become? When, that's kind of like when you're after Taco Tuesday and you let it silent but deadly. <laughs> Nobody even I knows knew you it's let it be Taco Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is. I take. You know, I had to put a notice up on Friday, um, <laughs> <laughs> because we had to try and fish a calculator out of the toilet. Because the guys are trying to flush calculators down the toilet. Why? Why? I don't fucking know, Tony. I really, I feel like, how can this be my life that I have to put up notices to to tell people to not flush calculators? Well, you know, maybe you should stop buying them the stupid cheap shit and buying them a Casio like fucking Hank uses. True. Okay. (laughs) Chain chain it to the bench so they can't take it into the loo. <laughs> well, yeah, hold, on, yeah. hold on. In whoever's <sighs> defense, maybe they just fucking bent over and it fell out of their front pocket and landed in the toilet. And they're like, fuck that. I ain't getting that out. Maybe. Because I had yeah, it happen with just fallen out of their pocket or something. Yeah. Possibly. Has, has it been a repeat occurrence? No, but I have it's found. Uh, I have found two different pairs of safety glasses over a period of time. That have Once been tried, that someone's again. flushed. Maybe they fell oh. off their heads. What but, is, I mean, if you did that... What are you, you doing just... digging around in the toilet, first of all? Well, because... For... <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. Put it this way, calculate down the toilet is not a cool thing to do. And if someone's done it by accident, surely you couldn't just tell me. And then, like, so when the plumber comes, I have to get the plumber out because the toilet's backed up. And they go, oh, by the way, we've just now, here's a bill because there's a calculator down the toilet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, come on. I don't know. I mean, it, it, uh, I do notice like a lot of things will happen around our shop and people just won't say anything. Mm. And it, like we had, um, on our, on our ultrasonic, it, it constantly has like water running to it through a, a DI system. 
Mm-hmm. And when that is on, it was in like a close enough proximity to the urinal that when you would flush <laughs> the urinal, like all the pipes in the wall would like shake really bad and you could hear it. Um, and I, so I went and said something and then all we did was we just tapped into the line like further down and then brought it over and then it was fine. But I mean, I, I see a lot of things that a lot of people will just kind of walk past, not pay attention to, not mention it to anybody, mm-hmm. even when they know. I mean, they should know looking at it that it's an issue or it's a problem. It's something that needs to be corrected. And I mean, I there's days that that's all I do is just I'll walk through and I'll see something. I'll have to fix it. And then, you know, take two more steps and you find something else and then take another couple steps and you find something else and. Some days it seems like it that that consumes like most of your day, but is it just um, that you know you you have a a standard in your head where you go well you know what you walk past is the standard that you accept so therefore you have to fix it. I I think so because it's like all any time when like someone will be out sick or they're on vacation and and you know it's like okay well I'll go over and and run this machine i don't care what machine it is who was on it there's always stuff that it's like oh well you know that that coolant port's all screwed up it's not even hitting the tool let me fix that and that you know copper line that's going to that tool isn't is it's all kinked it's barely running out of there let me make a new one it's because people don't fucking care anymore and it's like i feel like anytime that i go onto someone else's machine it's like i spend the first two hours just like fixing crap Mm. or you know there's there's a half inch of oil on top of the coolant so i go get the wet the wet back and vacuum it off of there or i mean you know it just uh, any number of things and it's like then it it kind of screws with your head because then it's like well you know that took three times longer than it should have because i had to i had to I just can't work like that. I had to fix all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. This kind of leads into this question. Why, in your opinion, do you think so many people are leaving and quitting your company? Um, Good question. Yeah. I mean, I, I think right now, uh, again, I, I was talking to our um, our Western tool rep the other day, and he was telling me that 90% of the sh- or 95% of the shops that he goes to are just absolutely balls to the wall slammed and then he said it's like 5 10% just have absolutely nothing going on but up here I don't know how it is down where you're at but up here everybody is still hiring and I I think they're starting to see that they're going to have to start paying for people that know what they're doing and so we, we you're starting to see a lot of places offering, you know, pretty damn good money. So I, I think people are kind of exploring their options. And I mean, it's a, you know, it's a stressful industry. And so mm. if, is, if people. It's, uh, is, uh, although, isn't that a, a sort of short term outlook? Because, you know, everyone can just go, right, we need people now. And they just put out whatever, whatever salary or, or wage will get them there. But that's probably not going to last is it because i mean that can't be that's not a sustainable way to run a business if you've just got to basically pump out you know put high wages up people go there and eventually they go oh we don't have them out of work now and then therefore they leave you know what i mean like i mean oh, me personally yeah. I'd i mean be that, in a more that secure happens job. all the time mm-hmm. and i mean 
It, it always it, happens. And, you know, it's like anytime there's a big, you know, oil boom, because the oil market's always boom or bust. Anytime there's a big oil boom, you'll, you'll see all those guys go into the oil shops because they're, you know, offering overtime, double time, whatever, you know, work hundred hours a week if you want. And some guys, that's what they like to do. And they do that. And they, you know, a lot of time it's they get a shitty wage, but they can work as much overtime as they want. So somehow in their mind, they're getting a good deal. Um, yeah, I think Sleepy they, Joe fixed that though, didn't he? Uh, I don't know. I haven't been paying attention to anything. Um, <laughs> well, so gas yeah, is up. I mean, like, we're we're booked out for the rest of the year. Yeah, Jody, you know what you were saying is like yes, for example, here in the in the States when Christmas time comes around, UPS, they hire all the extra people they can and they'll have an, a driver and they'll have an assistant and they'll the driver will knows the route and he'll make the assistant run up to all the doors and drop off the packages and then once Christmas is over then they're fucking done. So it's kind of the same thing. I mean it's like well, I mean I can't predict how long these, you know, these flare-ups or these hot jobs are going to be and i've heard the same thing what shane's talking about people quality shops that make quality parts are busy as all hell right now and they're yep. pretty much backlogged and it's like there's people that make farm equipment or washers or shit like that and i don't know and i've heard the same thing very few shops are starving but Here's the thing. If they step on the next step and they reach a little higher and they could do something a little bit more challenging, then maybe they wouldn't be starving. Maybe they could do some of the other work or maybe, you know, it could be second tier, third tier stuff. Feed these guys that have machines that can make it and then you inspect it and then you do it and pass it off. But yeah, yeah we're, you know, we're feeding like three other shops right now. I believe it. But I, sure. I think a lot of it, too, is the it's uh, who did we have on? Uh, Amago. What's his name? Uh, Ryan Bankel. Yeah, Ryan. But he 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 said something that someone told him that you never let a recession go to waste. Right. And it's like right now, you know, if if you do have the work and you do have the capital, the interest rates on everything are so low right now. And it's like I I hear about a lot of people. I don't know particularly what we got our swiss machine for but i heard about someone getting a similar machine they got like a five month skip on the payments they got a what sorry a five month skip wow so basically you finance it you put your money down or whatever and then you don't have payments for like five months but this is part of the problem isn't it that that isn't money just so cheap to borrow at the moment that eventually that's going to be that's going to create another problem later on down the track yeah definitely I mean, it always does. It's just going to cause more inflation. But I mean, it's you know, if if you've got if you've got the work, you've got the capital. I mean, you why 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 pay someone else's bills when you could just you know do it all yourself, pay your bills. Mm. Yeah, I think I think some people they just get short sighted, you know, and they want to. They I'm sure Tony's <laughs> seen it. I know it used to be a lot more prevalent, but you know, just people chasing a buck here or there. And it's like they don't really look at the long term of it, you know, and the the up and down of the different industries. And then and then especially, you know, kind of what what the what the shop outlook is and what what the the management and the ownership have have uh, in mind for the shop down the line. I mean, there's some shops, you know, they'll get a new machine every five or six years or something. 
And then there's mm-hmm. other places that are constantly getting new stuff, expanding, replacing older stuff. And I mean, I think it just depends on what what really your end goal is in this industry. I mean, but you see those people like th- those those people's CVs come across your desk all the time, right? I mean, I, I see it where there's people they it's like they they're jumping from you know one ship to the next ship to the next ship to the next ship, and and I, to me that I, I don't know that's that's quite a put off. When you see people that just, you know, they've they've already got a history of just moving and moving and moving, and sometimes it could be just, I guess, a situation based or whatever. But the, you know, it's it's nice when you see a CV come across your desk and it's got, you know, that that guy's had two jobs in the last 15 years, for example. You think, well, that guy obviously, or that guy or girl obviously has commitment to the workplace and. I don't know. Uh, that's my attitude towards it. You know, when I see I think, when I see a CV comes across that's had like ten or fifteen jobs in, you know, like almost changing jobs every year, I, I find that a, a bit odd. I do too, but I I I still call those people because you don't know the situation. It it could be you know they get bored and they're not content with doing what they're doing and they want to take things further and go you know go the next step and it's not going to happen where they're at. And so it's, you know, are they, are they constantly being challenged? Are they constantly being, you know, pushed and, and having to continue leveling up or are they just stagnant there and they're not learning anything and they're not going anywhere? Well, if so, you were worth a shit and you were at that place, you would go somewhere. If you're bored, well then fuck you. Why'd you take that job in the first place? If you're stagnant, then you're getting to prove yourself and work with both your hands and show somebody that you're worth a fuck. Yeah, but I also think, too, as, as much as people lie on their resumes, I think a lot of times employers will also kind of mislead people into what they're getting into or what the, again, what the outlook of the the shop is and, and where it's going in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and, well, that's also And I, I kind of look at it like our, our shop isn't like like a lot of others in the area, and it's like we have we have enough to constantly keep people challenged and keep people moving forward. Whereas, you know, some places it's always just going to be the same stuff. Well, here's what I know. The the last conversation that we had when we were invited on the MMM podcast. And one of the things I talked about was their M grill. And I'm like, you know, do you guys see this as something that might just take off or is it just something you guys are doing as a hobby or you know, I mean, you guys are obviously either farming this stuff out or manufacturing some of the components in-house. But anyway, you guys have great videos and the marketing's, you know, through the roof. And their answer to me or us was, we want to have something that sells itself while we're asleep. And so that's mm-hmm. just been constantly dwelling in my head. I mean, I've always heard having your own product is the way to make. It. Yeah. So I was talking. I was talking to Hank, and he said, you know, what did he say? He said. Something that sells itself while you're asleep. And he's all fucking straight up, Tony. You just need to be a pimp. You need to have the hookers out there because pimps don't die. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could be called Gator. <laughs> <laughs> like Burt Reynolds? <laughs> no, you that, but you have seen, have you seen the, that movie? I, I saw that. Boomer doesn't the know this movie. Go ahead, I saw the, Hey, I saw the MM boys that they've now got that in a sh- like in sixty stores across the states. Fuck that yes, group. they're killing it. They're killing it. Yes, that's brilliant, isn't it? Isn't that that's cool? Awesome. 
so what 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 are we gonna have? Why don't we have one? To I don't know, me? man. I, I I think about it every day. I just gotta figure it out. Because we definitely missed the boat on the medical finger or, or whatever it was called <laughs> the, that Hank came up with. Hank, Hank's fake finger. Oh yeah. Oh, the Thanks fake a lot finger. For bringing yeah. that up, you know, just like coronavirus <laughs> isn't real. Neither is Hank's fucking fake finger. Whatever, man. <laughs> I'd probably be retired right now. I didn't say retarded. I said retired. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop the podcast. Stop the podcast. Tony, what have you been listening to in your shop lately? Well, it's kind of a strange thing. Sometimes I like to ri- listen to Richard Cheese. You know, he does a little bit of strange melodies. He's a... You know, lounge singer but then sometimes i spin it into a little bit of uh you know uh, weezer or me first and the gimme gimmies or yeah i don't know it depends on what kind of mood i am what do you listen to boomsticks well i just got finished throwing together the machinist therapy hotline ultimate shop playlist mm. and there's quite a mix on there man i think you should check it out well i will um do you is there is there any stupid gay shit in there that it might offend me probably all right i'll listen anyway because i'm a good sport all right we'll check it out (laughs) on spotify well let's get on with the podcast yeah i forgot that part that's okay (laughs) i got you most important part um have you got i know shane you've got a you got a microscope in your place Uh, tony have you got one at your shop i do it, 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 what resolutions you get on your microscope? What have you got? I don't know. What magnification, have, sorry. magnification, sorry. I have two different attachments that I get that are on there, depending on how close you want to see it, but I don't know the numbers right now. Okay. Ours you, are all 10 to 30x. So, because we, we sort of had a, I can't remember if we talked a little bit about this on the one of the podcasts before, but I think you were talking about threads. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Last time, Shane? Correct. So, at what point does the magnification become actually just a visual problem as opposed to a physical problem when you're looking at something? You know, like so. So I mean, we don't we don't normally need. You know, we've had no real requirement to to use microscopes on most of the products that we've had. Um, you know, we we have like a you know if you want to look at some detail of a groove, but but for you guys, you know, where that like the thread is really important. Um, it, it, does it detail that on the drawing as well? It says like you know it needs to be qualified at x x x magnification or. Well, do do you have do you have a microscope, Johnny? Oh, just I've just bought one actually, just a, a real oh. cheap shitty one. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> that's what, what I'm asking. I mean, okay, so there's a couple of different things. One is looking at your parts, but two, I would say the majority of the things that I look at under my microscope is the tooling that I'm using. It's like yeah. if you're roughing if you're roughing with that odd edge holder on that big motherfucker and you're like how's it going how's it hanging blah 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 you pull it out and look at it under the microscope if you look at it with a loop or your naked eye or glasses or whatever it is it's one thing but when you put it under the scope and you see what's going on you can see fucking where you can see buildup you can see you just once you start using it I mean I'll leave this to Shane but once you start using it you just you rely on it it's just like well let's yeah, pull definitely. it out and look under the scope. So back yeah, to I've what I started putting putting inserts underneath it as well. Like I had I had a small one that was that I was using just to check. Um, just 
how the diamond inserts were wearing. You know, I wanted to because they're expensive inserts. I wanted to understand like uh, what the wear patterns were and at what where 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 is where am I going to get a failure point on it? Like what you were saying, Tony, it's better to change an insert out than to to just let it like turn into complete fucking True. dust. And what I'll tell you, I'll tell you where diamond inserts fail. Nine times out of ten, I don't know how you guys do things, but here at old school, you know, Hank, people touch them off. We touch them off. We qualify them on the Facebook part. We don't have fancy probes and shit here in Ukiah. I mean, we're up in NorCal, so we just touch things off with a piece of paper, and it's point zero zero four. But where you'll go wrong is if somebody doesn't know what they're doing and they come up and dial it in slowly to the face of the part in tenth mode versus coming up to the dial and kink. And if I can chinks that diamond out, then you're uh, all fucking yeah. chinked out. That's, you would not know that. You probably couldn't see that. You might get a mediocre finish, but you pull it out and look at it in the microscope. You go, who the fuck did this? What's that, about a $50 that, bill? Eh, probably to me, MSC. I mean, Sumitomo makes a good one. Cannon makes a good one. And Sandvik makes a great one. It just depends on what style you want, positive, negative, whatever. But, yeah, it's not cheap. They're expensive. That's definitely mm-hmm. expensive. But they so, fucking so, earn their weight in gold when they're running oh, right, huh? Oh man, like so this 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 job that we've been doing with this this ten micron total finish, mm-hmm. um, total tolerance, you know that the Akumas will hold size all day every day. They're fucking phenomenal machines. But you know what then starts to not work for you is if you've got quite an abrasive material, and then of course the material is like just wearing your carbide out, which is why you obviously if you go to your diamond inserts and you once you right. put one of those motherfuckers in holy shit that it will just keep going and going and holding size and you're like this is un-. like when we started switching to diamond inserts on a higher volume product it was just i'm like shit why didn't we do this a long time ago like, yeah. what, what, why did we why did we struggle adjusting wear and changing an offset when basically once you dialed in on a diamond you just just let it rip and just keep going and going and going and going which is why then i needed to understand how many how many parts i could make before we started to get this you know um reduction in 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 life so yeah but anyway so going back to going, going back to the question about the, the microscope so yeah, of course, looking at inserts and, and toolware, that's cool. But so have you ever come across then on a drawing that stipulates that it needs to be double checked at a particular magnification? Um, I haven't, but Shane probably has. Most of our customers, it'll say on the drawing, they'll typically have it'll have like a workmanship standard. Right. And it'll it'll say per this spec, that spec, the other spec. And it's all internal specs that they have. And then you go pull that spec. And one of them uh, is a visual acceptance criteria. Mm-hmm. And then it'll give you the criteria for if something is a, you know, a 32 to a 64 finish, here's what what's allowable under a certain magnification. If it's a, a 16 to a 32, here's what's allowable. If it's an 8 to a 16, here's what's allowable. Four to an 8 and so on. And so they actually tell you, you know, under... A certain amount of magnification there can't be any scratches burrs dings nicks any any sort of that thing so they actually have their own own specs that you have to refer to yeah and once once you start you know, like i said jody when you you know like boomer and i 
especially threads, because there's so many things to look at at threads. You can look down on the root and you can look on both crust. You can look at the top, you know, whether, whether you're using a topping insert or whatever, and you can see gulling. I mean, you start to see all kinds of stuff. And we do a lot of plunging down in those bow bodies with E-style, and we'll go on with the rougher, we'll come in with the finisher. And if you come in too light, you come in too heavy, you'll get chatter. And chatter doesn't work in the semiconductor industry because anywhere there's a, a piece of chatter or a little fucking divot, a piece of dust could get stuck, and la, la, la. This is so finicky. But we live and die by the microscope. And, uh, you know, it... Once you've used one for so long, you really don't even need to go to the roughness tester to see if your face is like a 5RA anymore or the holes are 4 or 5RA. It's just you see what it looks like, and after so much usage, you just kind of log that in your brain. And you'll go back and double-check yourself with the roughness tester. But, yeah, they're vital. And that's one of the things, like, last IMTS I went to, and I added this to my list of things I want. One... I'm still old school roughness tester. I don't have the cool one like Boomer and those guys do, which I need to upgrade to that. But I also, I you know, better than a microscope, I think. Maybe I'm speaking out of text here, but you can put your part on a fucking table and bring this thing over it, and then it shows you on your fucking 15-inch screen what you're seeing. There, I think there's a lot of other things, possibly maybe even better than a microscope at least what i saw what i can remember from the last imts that i was at and uh i only have something i only have one microscope and we're always constantly sharing it but i actually bought a a freaking uh nice magnification light and i i can i don't know the name of it right now but they had a huge booth and they have um the whole thing is circled with, you know, um, illumination of all kinds of bright lights. But you can look at this almost with your naked eye and see pretty close to. And the key about that is that the lights were is a circle of uh, LEDs that were shining down in any hole you could find, throw the hole, whatever, and it would show you everything. But you go to a microscope, once again, you have to have, depending on your lighting, I mean, we just have a side desk light of bright halogen shining down into the hole and looking the best that we can. But there's different styles of that. But lighting is, is key to no matter how you look. I mean, you can have the best magnification in the world, but you need to have the, a really good light to be able to see what you're looking at, too. And I have room to improve on that. And that's something that I'm looking forward to doing also, along with the roughness tester this year. Yeah, 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 cool. Well, that's 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 pretty interesting. I um, yeah, I guess that there'll be a lot of people that are probably thinking about maybe getting a microscope and you know there's and the problem is is that the the cost can go from like a hundred dollars to fucking ten grand. Like there's just it's amazing what what's out there. But it, I guess the worry is that you go too far over the line and then you start worrying about stuff that's not that doesn't need to be worried about. You know what I mean? Yeah, we've we've had that happen before where people, you know, they start seeing things and it's like, <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, there's uh, no, I shit you not. We had some parts and they're like, oh, there's some rouging going on on these parts. And I'm like, what the fuck is rouging? Yeah, what is rouging? And, <laughs> and they're like, and they're like, you well, put that on your it. cheeks. And so I take the part. I'm looking at it over the microscope and I shit you not. They go, no, come over to uh the assembly department and use this microscope with and dim the light halfway and then hold it at this angle and you'll see what we're talking about and i was just like you guys are fucking insane 
Yeah, I like agree this, with this that. This is just getting way too like if you if you have a good microscope and you want to find something, you're gonna find something. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, it, it, you're right. And that just to back up, remember way back. Well, you probably don't. Probably none of you guys do. But way back in the day when you wanted to check a fucking roughness tester, you pulled out this gauge, and it was all these different fucking. 32, 64, 16, 10, RA finishes that you looked at. You pulled it out of this leather pouch. I still got one. I still got one. Yeah, we got that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the way it used to be, you know, when guys knew what the fuck they were doing. But yeah. You used your fingernail. You you got, oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't use your cocaine fingernail either. You used the other one for sure. So, hang on. Just, just, when we. On the last MMM podcast, we jokingly, or maybe not jokingly, said that we should clean shave and grow our beard all the way until IMTS. <laughs> do you, would you want to do that, Tony? Well, you know, I find it <laughs> odd that you're asking me that because this is like the third time I've been asked that this week because there's like something going on that I don't know about. But. <laughs> No, they, I've been asked a couple times. I am probably on day seven right now. Zero, zero, zero. I can't handle it right now. It's fucking driving me nuts, man. I, I don't yeah. think I could be one of those guys. I just, I don't know. Maybe if it gets to a certain point where it's not itchy and stuff, I don't know. Why? What are you thinking? What? I mean, aren't well, you already well, bearded anyway, sort of? No, 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 no. But I'm happy you to start your look again. every other day. I can't remember what you look like today. <laughs> I'd be no. I, I was thinking um, it would be great if we could do something for charity. You know, like get get find a charity that we could sort of donate something to and see if people would would sponsor us to grow a beard and then shave it off at IMTS and then we just give the money to like a worthy cause. I'd be you keen to like do that. Gonna, you mean like they're going to use our 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 shaved off? beard hair to like put somewhere like on the pubic bone or something or like yeah, when they cut exactly, their hair. Yeah, I know people people grow their hair out and cut it off and give it to kids that are cancer kids. I don't know where we would put our beard hair though though. No, I don't know. I just mean that, you know, from a from a monetary perspective, if we if we could get people to sort of, you know, sponsor us or put something in and go, righto, we'll we'll we will not shave at all until IMTS 22 that's a fucking long ways out bro it is a long way out man i know that's why i'm asking you know maybe you set a date and say hey like from september this year till september the the next year like that this is what we're gonna do i i mean i'd I'd be i would absolutely do it for a worthy cause i wouldn't just do it just for the sake of doing it it'd have to be that we could we could you know give something to like i said you you know like like you said ward or 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 I don't know, the veterans ward or, or uh, something, you know, something that we could do like that would make a, a little bit of a difference to somebody's life. So now just would by, you, just by would growing you do the, would you do the beard, but would you do the mustache also? What do you mean? Well, I mean, I'm talking not just the beard, but the mustache because we're talking but full beard. This, yeah, you've got to have a full beard. Otherwise, don't you look like you look like a Mormon? Well, I'm just, I'm just, you know, re- reliving the comments that you told me that your wife said that that mustache had to go or else. 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty much. <laughs> so that's a long think, time, a year and a half without any kind of interaction. Well, yeah, but maybe right. maybe we back it. Maybe we back it up a bit. Maybe we just say from <laughs> September to September. But uh, it has to be a full beard. Like you have to have a mustache. Like the whole thing. Like it has okay, to be a whole, yeah. a whole, yeah, a whole that thing. That makes sense to me. I just didn't know if you're going to be able to handle it. I mean, you like to talk a lot, but sometimes when it comes down to the nitty gritty, it's like it's this or not. And she'd be like, you know, Jody, you're sleeping on the couch. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, hang on a minute. Variables here, buddy. <laughs> what about you, Shane? That's what you, would you would you do it? Absolutely not. What? Because you just no. Gonna, I'm I'm just like Tony, in. man. Like four or five days in, I can't handle it. It gets too itchy. It does. I don't understand. I mean, maybe if you get past that, it's okay. But then you get food in it. And, and I, I did, I did the, I tried to have a Tony Klauser mustache that one time, <laughs> and then my, my wife made me shave it off. God damn! <laughs> I shave mine off, and my wife makes me grow it back. I'm not sure what's going on there. What? Well, I, I, I think, I think if you know, if we could find a decent enough charity just for, just for the sake of one year. It, like, and you could get enough like sponsorship for it. It would be worth it, wouldn't it? Probably. I'd rather just give them money myself. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay. I might. We might have to give this a little bit more thought. I think I'll. I'll. I'll try and think about how we're going to do this. <clears throat> yeah, okay. it's definitely a good idea. I agree with that. And that charity is good too. It's. But it's yeah. It's. It's not. It's not an easy thing. Just, I mean, like I told them, they, they, the the brothers, I said, man, how long have you had those? And good God. And I think I saw a freaking post a couple of days ago. I don't know. You know, you know how this, all these algorithms and shit work, Shane and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like Facebook or Instagram. It's like, I haven't seen Machine Shop Outlaw in a fucking shit ton of time. And all of a sudden yesterday I saw, I'm not sure if it was a memory or if it was just something he posted of, you know, a year or two ago when he decided he wanted to be like the MMM brothers and grow his beard. And then he caved after so long. Did you guys see that? I did see that. That's weird. And then he said that. Because I was thinking yeah. the same. And it's like, where's he been? And why am I seeing that now? I was like, mm. oh, yeah, we're talking about doing that. And yeah, he couldn't handle it either. <laughs> I don't know that I could. But yeah, it's weird. And I think that shit sucks. I think about how social media has it all primed up to where. You're supposed to see what they think that you want to see. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that. But that's yeah. another story. I, I actually fucking hate that too because I um there's there's quite a few people that I follow and I it was just it's funny that you bring this up because I was sitting here the other night and I went, do you know what? I haven't seen such and such on this Instagram thing for fucking ages. So mm. I clicked onto my like onto the search thing and yeah, sure enough, I'd probably missed two three months worth of whatever they were you know promoting or whatever and i went holy shit why is this suddenly dropped off my feet it's not like i said hey i don't want to see this anymore it was just uh, i don't know the, the timeline and and the, and like you said the algorithm that they put on there just it just wrecks it because it's not i'm sort of in the end you end up looking at exactly the same stuff and you go why am i looking at this rubbish uh, no offense to anybody that's posting rubbish obviously but yeah are i you, agree are you sh- the one that got me was I, I was scrolling through something and I liked someone posted like a picture of a burger they made or a burger they were getting somewhere and I liked it. And then it was like the next week it was just all these burger posts. <laughs> mm. 
and oh, it was did like, you become amazing you, did you become like super hungry every time you put in yeah definitely oh, some of those birds i was i was just telling katie that last night i said you know we're talking about what's on your feed when you just go to look at stuff and i said there was the one time that hank went to go learn how to do that TikTok dance of carol baskins you know when he growled and yep. he did the whole routine and since then that's all i get are these fucking stupid TikTok dancers <laughs> flipping around and shaking their butt or doing stupid hand moves that i can't figure out i'm like i don't know how to get rid of it but it just fucking <laughs> won't go away <laughs> yeah. that breaks as that actually leads on to quite a, quite a nice little point so when are we going to see Hank on Machinist Therapy Hotline again? Like, he's just no. suddenly disappeared. Where is he? No, What's he, he been doing? He has not disappeared, trust me. He, he's he's out. He's about, he's scheming, but he's, uh, you know, he's got a lot of things brewing right now. And, and he just can't, you know, Hank is not about cranking things out just on demand. He's all about <laughs> quality. Quality over quantity, Jody. You fucking know. Katie that. handed him his W two, so they won't see him for a couple weeks. <laughs> oh, I want to see. I want to see. We'll see. I want to see <laughs> Hank do some rapping again on the MTH. So it's just sort of maybe. Uh, did Hank? Because uh, Hank picked for the playlist as well. Oh, how's the playlist going, Shane? Uh, it's it's done. Oh, I just, cool. I just got to publish it. Sweet. Well, maybe Hank can uh, maybe Hank can tell everyone like where to find it. He can pick his favorite song off it. <laughs> I doubt it. You doubt it? Yeah, he's probably gonna make his own. Pretty oh sure. fuck! <laughs> Holy oh, shit! Man. Yeah. Just wait he's, if that if that next round of stimmy checks hits, you won't see Hank for another month. Well, last time I checked in <laughs> on him, I mean, here here's a little insight for everybody that's listening. Last time I checked in on Hank and, and I interrupted him, he took his headphones off, but his headphones were still cranked up loud. He was fucking listening to Too Short. I'm not sure what he's up Nothing to. Wrong but with that. No, I like he's Too Short. He's a California Short. boy. Come on. He is Oakland. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so he's been listening to a lot of Too Short. I think he's probably being influenced probably in the wrong way, but yes, that's who he's been listening to. <laughs> hey, Boomer, have you been making any panini lately? Uh, I actually haven't. We did yeah, have. I haven't seen post. We uh, Felix had karate the other night, so we just kind of did like a lazy dinner and just threw in one of like those uh frozen like mac and cheese things in the oven. Yeah. And then I cooked some, I cooked some bacon in the air fryer, and then crumbled it all up and put it in there, and then uh I wrapped it into a burrito and then I grilled it on the panini maker. What's the deal with? Uh, do you know you? You talking about air fryers? Maybe it's because I don't know. Did you did you post something about an air fryer? Because that is yeah, all, I, that is all I see on Instagram is fucking <laughs> air fryers. It's like what the fuck, man? Yeah, I posted a uh, a story and it was just kind of like a, a funny thing that said, "Imagine not being able to fry air." I saw that. <laughs> air fryers are pretty cool, though. I tell you if what, you, we used ours last night. Dude, and if you, you cook them, anything in there in like ten minutes. And it's not soggy. It's not yeah. microwave, just crisp. Oh man, this is. Yeah, I, I got some like beer battered onion rings that were frozen the other day. Throw those yeah. in there. Ten minutes. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, girl. Let me tell you, they were good. <laughs> oh man, it sounds like I'm gonna have to get an air fryer and just be a sheep. Just follow the rest of the herd. They're cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Apparently so. So well, the benefits are that you just you're not gonna 
burn your house down with oil. Yeah, and it, it's not like it, it's like it's there's healthy. like a it's like a basket or like like a bucket kind of thing, and there's like a, a there's a tray in there, so all the grease just runs to the bottom, so you're mm-hmm. not your food's not sitting in the grease like if it were in a frying pan or something. Yeah, that's the that's that Nate claim to fame, I think, is that it's healthy. You're not actually cooking it in grease, but it almost tastes the same as if you're actually deep fried it. Oh, what would be the difference for than like doing it just in an oven? Um, it it works kind of like convection. Yeah, if so you were like you could forced, do fries, forced air heating. So yeah, it's like it's real oven. hot. Fries in an oven are pretty cool, but fries like in an air fryer or shit like that or tater tots or like chicken strips that just come out in an air fryer way better than they do on a fucking cookie sheet in an oven. Really? I cheat too, and I spray the cooking spray on it. So you still put oil on it? Uh, Yeah, just like a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's against the law. Boomer. I'm not, you know, bathing it in oil, <laughs> an oil jacuzzi. Fair enough. Okay. Um, oh, I think I think we need to also just say thanks to the MMM boys for having us on their podcast the other week. That yeah, was that pretty was cool. cool. Yeah, I had fun talking to them. They were they they're a cool set of guys, eh? Yeah. So it I mean, def- it would definitely be fun to go back and visit them sometime. Check out their setup. Have you actually been there, Tony, to their shop? No, no, I haven't. Oh. I've, I've been invited, but I, I just I, yeah, I can't get away and go check it out. But it would. It'd, it'd be an experience for sure. Oh, did you see when they had, uh, what's his name? Uh, Adam Booth there. And they went, they took him out into the, wherever it was. And they were just shooting machine guns. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, uh, actually that is pretty cool. I'd be, I'd be okay with that. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. And then they got on the grill. Oh man. No, that's good. They, 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 they've definitely got a more professional setup than us. <laughs> don't you think they've got their own studio with a yeah. fucking 15 yeah screen. when he was like oh i'm almost to the studio then i'll send out the link <laughs> well i mean it is what it is i mean we're all in different locations i mean if true. we all yeah That's we're in what, and except for donnie donnie's in florida but yeah i mean it's the rest of them are in tennessee obviously but oklahoma whatever it's all the same in <laughs> kentucky I don't fucking uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we I think yeah we we just want to say thanks again for those guys to have us on. That was that was pretty badass. And uh, thanks Tony for arranging that. That was that was really cool. Hey, no problem. They they guys said they've been wanting to talk to us for a while, and it, I think it worked out well. And and, so, and just on that, I mean we we did have a, a a comment the other day about just you know uh, there was a there was a guy on the gram that said about. Oh, I'd wish you guys didn't talk too much about political stuff and whatever else. And and everyone's allowed to have their own opinion. And to be honest with you, that's fine. We just where talk, was that at? Uh, I was on one of the on the machinist therapy hotline posts. I think the one where we're talking about new machines. Oh. There was a, a guy put a comment on there. But but anyhow, yeah. I guess my point point being that well, actually, politics are still an important part for the industry and day-to-day life so yeah. we, we, we aren't not going to stop talking about that so um, yeah i don't think we were real like heavy on it oh nah anyways nah. i mean you're just it was basically just a current events talk like i don't think we, yeah and we're not trying to sell anything either boomer we're not biased we're just trying to discuss about i mean jody's over there in new zealand asking what the fuck we think and we're like well, here I go again, but we really don't know what we think. So <laughs> yeah. you're right. 
we're kind of lost. But that's fine. But we, we are, you know, it's it's good to have open conversations like that. I think so. We're we're not going to change, you know. So that's just too bad. If if you don't want to listen to us, um, I'm okay with that. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay. I think we've reached the end of the podcast. Um, thank you, gentlemen, for being here and us talking together. It's always good to catch up with you guys. Yeah. Definitely, man. It's good talking to you, boys. Okay, we've reached the end of episode 39. Thanks, guys, for being on. And um, we're we're hoping to do this again in another two weeks. Uh, we may have a guest. We'll, we'll let everybody know as and when we do that. But um, thank you, Mr. Klauser. No problem. Thank you, Mr. Poole. Anytime, bud. Cool. All right, until next time, it's... Aloha from us and aloha from you. Bye. Bye. See ya.